0: We live very connected lives, and it can be easy to live life in constant motion. But what if we took a step back and decided to live more intentionally rather than by default? Today, I have a very special guest on the show, my friend Erica Midkiff, who was one of the very first people to go through the Future You program, my signature one-on-one coaching program. Today, we dive into the idea of an intentional pause, the mindset shift that was the biggest game changer for her and our work together and how it completely transformed the way she shows up each day in her life and business, and how it can transform yours, bringing more space, awareness, and intention to your everyday. You'll walk away knowing exactly how to stop doing hashtag all the things without a second thought and be more intentional about the actions that bring you more of the results you actually want. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Erica Midkiff. Erica helps creatives cultivate a more intimate relationship with themselves and their work so they can show up as exactly who they are in life, work, and the world. She does this through core message coaching, writing and editing services, and supportive resources. She loves finding patterns and identifying connections that inherently exist among scattered ideas and helping creatives uncover and express the wisdom deep within them. Erica, welcome to One Simple Shift. Thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Oh, I'm so excited too. So just so everyone knows, Erica and I met, oh goodness, like years and years ago at this point at the Being Boss Retreat in New Orleans. And I actually started working with Erica um, to basically help me gather all these like scattered thoughts and ideas that I had about the work that I was doing in the world and basically help me to like pull all my ideas together. Um, She, I'm so excited. She was one of the first people that went through the Future You program, and she actually helped me um, way back when Future You was just kind of this fragment of an idea that I had about how to help women who were feeling stressed and overwhelmed to build a thriving business and balanced life. So I'm so excited to dive into this today because Erica has just made so many, like so many meaningful changes in my life. So Erica, can you tell me in your own words what it is that you do
1: and why you do it? Yes, absolutely. Um, So I started out way back in the day, I don't even know how many years ago now, um, as a copy editor, which is someone who does grammar and punctuation and spelling and all those kinds of things. Um, That's a very simple definition. But um, as I was doing that work, I really enjoyed it, but I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to be there earlier in the process with the people I was working with. I wanted to help shape what I was editing before it was even written. I was really interested in the people behind the stories and things that I was editing. Um, So I explored a lot of ways to do that, and it was a really long path of experimentation. Not everything worked (laughs) or felt aligned, which I think is always true for us in this sort of business. Um, But something I've come to realize is that inherent in me is a desire to get really deep down to the core of things, to deeply know and understand myself and my work so that I can show up as exactly who I am in my work and in the world. And I believe that we all deserve to feel that same deep sense of both peace and also excitement um, that can come from honoring who we are and how we want to show up. Um, And I do want to acknowledge that, you know, the time, space, resources, opportunities, and so on needed to do this work aren't available to everybody. Um, So I'm good at helping people just do this work. And that's what I offer through my business. But as I keep moving forward, I also want to keep finding ways to make this work more accessible Um, And also contribute to a world in which everybody is able to access what they need to be able to do this kind of work. Um, I'm still learning about and exploring what that looks like. And that's really a totally different conversation. But I wanted to make sure I stated that before moving forward. Um, So the the three ways I currently help people. um, The first is by helping people, like you said, see the inherent connections that already exist among their ideas. These can be so hard to see. We are in our own heads. We have all these thoughts running around and it just feels like it's all kind of a big mess, Um, but it's not. And as the outside perspective or outside person, I can really see that perspective more clearly. So in core message coaching, I really help people. um, I listen to all of their ideas and then I go behind the scenes and I pull them all together into a document that feels cohesive and expansive. So that could include almost anything from a core message, which is your overarching belief to a manifesto core principles, offering ideas, whatever works. Everybody needs something different. Mm -hmm. Um, The second way I help is through writing, editing, and planning. So I help people bring to life things like website content, books, all that kind of stuff, online classes, newsletters. Um, And really the client and I work together to say, you know, what are you good at? Where would you like me to fill in the gaps? And we create a collaboration together based on what works best for them. Um, And again, it's really about what each person needs. And then the third way I help people, which is probably the least defined right now, but also something I'm really excited about, is by creating supportive resources. So I've done that in the past with, um, I had an intentional writing program that helped people, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about intentional writing, but helped people really explore to see if an intentional writing practice was right for them. Um, I've created resources about staying unstuck. Um, about consuming mindfully and a lot of other things. None of those are on my website right now. I've pulled them down to really rethink how I offer them. But that sort of third layer of support for creatives is really fun and exciting for me.
0: Awesome. I love it. And I love how I love the container in which you do these things in that you help so many people to really take those those like scattered thoughts and fragments. And I think that if you're a creative and entrepreneur, we've kind of all been there, right? We've all had Mm -hmm. those ideas that we can't quite, like we can't quite get there on our own. And I think that's what's so important about this work sometimes is like, There's this tendency to say, well, I can't quite get there. I don't see how they all connect. I don't know what like the final finished product will look like. So it must not be a good idea. And I think that's why this work is so meaningful because it takes those those fragments that you have. And it really, it helps people to connect them and say, no, it's a good idea. It just wasn't quite there yet, or it's a good message or it's a good concept. It just needed a little bit of polishing. So I think it's so helpful to people to kind of put their work in the world when they might've just
1: kept it to themselves otherwise. Oh, absolutely. You said that really well. And you know, the funny thing is, or maybe not funny thing, but the thing is that I can't do this very well for myself either. I am too close to my own ideas so I have the exact same feelings of I must not have a really strong message I don't know what I'm doing I do have a really strong message but I don't know how to get it out there I don't know which ideas to choose from you know it's not that I have this magical ability to do this work um, I mean I think I I have skills and talents that are inherent in me that allow me to do this for other people but I ask other people to help me with this same work so I really just You know, a lot of times I think when we're hiring other people, we're hiring them to help us make connections and see patterns that we cannot see for ourselves. And I need help with that too. So you're absolutely right. This is such (laughs) important work for all of us.
0: Right. Totally. And I think that's, what's so great about working with a coach in general, or just you know, letting your business become bigger than just you is that if you can't get there on your own, it's time to ask for help. And I think that there's, it's, it can be, at least for me, it's so liberating to say, okay, I know that I've gotten this idea as far as I can, but now I really need someone else to kind of reflect back to me those, those thoughts. Exactly. So I know that you were one of the first people that went through the Future You program with me, and I am so incredibly grateful for that because it really, you know, just like... So many of the foundational pieces of how that program is run and things that I've you know tested and changed since then came out of that work together. So I'm so excited to talk to you today. And I was wondering if you could share with me the mindset shift that really made the biggest difference for you in your life or business.
1: Yes, Um, I will say first that I absolutely loved the Future Year experience. And it made such an impact in a time in my life where (laughs) I needed, I just needed help. I was feeling overwhelmed. And I think kind of what we were talking about a minute ago, just that, you know, the connections were, I was having a hard time making connections. And I think I was making a bigger deal out of some things that didn't need to be quite such a big deal. And I was really, um, keeping myself stuck in some ways because I needed some mindset shifts that you really helped me with. And one of the biggest of those, and something that's become super important for me in my everyday life, um, is this idea of the intentional pause. Um, Mm. so I'll go ahead and define what, how I think it was intentional pause. And then we can talk a little bit more about both how you introduced that to me and how other people can bring this into their lives. Um, yes. I love that. Okay. So we all live these really connected lives. We are on social media. We are always available by email and text and phone. And it can be really easy to live our lives in just constant forward motion. I have more to do, I have more to see, I have more to think about, you know, I don't have time to stop. (laughs) Um, But really, I think embracing the intentional pause makes us even better at doing the things that are really most important to us, and also knowing what those things are. Um, So embracing the intentional pause is being mindful about Setting aside intentional time for quiet in your everyday, regularly checking in and making meaningful decisions rather than just living by default, and inviting space into the ordinary moments of our days, even when it's not planned out, just recognizing when some space would really be the most helpful and supportive thing we could offer ourselves at that moment.
0: These bullet points make my heart so happy because (laughs) so many of these are just so important in bringing that consciousness. around how it is that you're currently living, because I think a lot of times we have this tendency to kind of like live in default mode for better or for worse, right? Mm -hmm, We've mm -hmm. kind of established these habits and whether they were intentional habits or just kind of things that we fell into that kind of dictate how we run our day and how we live our lives and how connected we are and how we're consuming information. And I think unless we bring this conversation to the forefront and start talking about how exactly we want to live our lives so that we can sort of cultivate the right decisions for us and start living it out in that way. Um until we start kind of bringing consciousness around that, it can be really hard to even notice that there's room for like wiggle room for change, right? Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I love this so much. So I just, I think first let's talk about that first point that you mentioned, setting aside intentional time for quiet. Can you talk to me about how that showed up in your life and the kind of the difference
1: it's made for you? Absolutely. Um, So this is one of the, I think one of the first things that you suggested for me, or if it's not, it's, it stands out really strongly in my mind. Um, (laughs) You know, you suggested that in the morning when I got up that I go sit outside with a blanket or a coat if needed, or, um, a fan, if it was really hot in Alabama, um, and just sit for five minutes. He said, it doesn't have to be any longer than that, but you don't, don't do anything during this time. Just sit. You can look, or you can feel, or you can smell, or, you know, use your senses, but just really just sit and be quiet and be quiet. Um, and that felt like such a small thing. And I thought, I don't have time for that, or (laughs) that's going to be really hard or whatever it was, but I did it. And it made such a huge difference. It was that really, it was that moment of getting out of my head before I even got into it in the morning. You know, we all wake up or a lot of us wake up with all the things running through our head and to just say, okay, well, I'll get to you in a minute, but I need to just go sit with myself first and put myself first and get out of my own world, my own small world. Cause our, our worlds are really, they're big to us, but they're also in the context of. This big world that we live in, you know, they're just one piece. And so to really be reminded of the vastness of what's around us, to look up at the sky. Um, you know, at one point there was a family of raccoons that I think was living in our neighborhood and I saw them a lot. That was really cool. (laughs) So it was just this this moment in my day that was just for me, that I did on purpose. And it made such an impact to even know that I had permission to do something like that. Of course I have permission to do something like that, but You know, I think when we're all so busy, we just have this feeling of we have to keep doing something, and being given permission to do nothing was a huge gift.
0: Oh, yes, and I I think this suggestion stemmed from the the a conversation we had had, or just you know the general feeling that I had picked up during our calls that you were so good at taking care of other people that you like everyone else's needs tended to come to the forefront, and I think that you know, the reason I suggested this was just so that you had time for you. And it was, I mean, such a small amount of time. And as you said, like, I think our default response is, I really don't have time for that. Right. But like, I think we all have time for five minutes. Right. And when we can ingrain these habits that start putting ourselves first, before we start taking care of everyone else, and really just going back to You know, things that you might not have noticed otherwise, right? So I suggested going outside so you could wake up as the world wakes up. And I think that's when you start relying more on your senses is when there's really nothing else to do right so you start picking up on the family of raccoons or the birds chirping or you know it gradually getting brighter out and I think it just kind of kind of makes us more grounded and brings us back to basics and like I can just be and this is enough and it's only five minutes
1: right (laughs) exactly all of those things are so true So today I do still go outside a lot in the mornings. I really like to wake up with the world, but something else that I do, um, is that I have committed to a meditation practice and mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are going to kind of either zone out or <laughs> say meditation is hard or maybe say I already meditate and all of that's fine. Um, it's something I came to slowly and I think the sitting outside for five minutes was really probably the first step in that path. Um, but I found that just like sitting outside when I start, you know, I don't even get out of bed. I start with about 10 minutes of just quiet and I use um, a timer just so that I know when it's done, but I don't always stop when the timer's there. And sometimes I end up thinking about things and sometimes I don't, but I'm just lying in bed. Just taking a minute, like I said, before I even get out of bed to just do something for me. And both of these, or whatever it looks like for you, the idea really here is that it's something proactive. It's something you've decided to do. Um, and you don't beat yourself up if you don't get it done. Some days my little boy wakes me up and you know, sometimes he'll lie with me and sometimes he's really excited to play, or you know, I'm really excited to play. And so we just go ahead and get up and maybe I meditate later, or maybe I just do it tomorrow. But the idea is really deciding ahead of time or deciding That for this period of time, I'm gonna do this thing that's just for me and I've already decided it. So there's no real other decision to be made unless I decide, you know, one morning that there's a good reason not to do this today. And so it takes the pressure off of looking for those moments or thinking, you know, having to think every day, okay, do I need it now? Do I need it now? Do I need it now? And instead you're really just made this commitment.
0: Totally. And it alleviates some of that decision fatigue as well. Because I think sometimes there's this tendency to just wake up and wonder like, okay, what's first? What do I do first? Right? Because you're Mm -hmm. kind of in the habit of being in that like, go, go, go mode. And if you already know what's first, you don't, you don't even really have to think about it. Right. Or you just know that this is kind of, this is the beginning and you'll take it from there. So it sort of sets the pace and sets the tone for everything that comes after as well.
1: Oh gosh, yes, exactly. If you start out in that way, rather than on your phone or jumping out of bed to do something you forgot or that just feels really urgent, you know, there's a huge difference in how my day progresses when I'm able to take that intentional time, even if the intentional time is today, I'm going to get up and play with my little boy. Cause I'm excited and he's excited. That sets the same tone for me because I'm still making a decision.
0: So let's go deeper on that. So how do you start making decisions that are kind of more meaningful and intentional rather than kind of living in that default mode? Do you have any thoughts around that?
1: I do. Um, one big, one thing I'm really big on is paying attention. So, like I was saying before, you know, it's it's good to have time set aside so that you don't have to make a decision in the moment because decision fatigue is a real thing. But there's also real merit in just paying attention: what's working, what's not working, um, what's tripping me up, where am I really getting stuck, what is making me feel bad, what is taking too much time in my day that really shouldn't take that much time. Um, and one of the areas for me that that showed up was taking in information and storing it. So one of my um strengths on the strengths finder test, I don't know if you've done that, but it's one of my favorites. Um one of my strengths is called input. And it's really about gathering information. That's just something I'm good at and something I really like doing. I like having information. I like reading about new things. I like talking about ideas. That's another one of mine is is I forget what the word is, but really having conversations with people about ideas. And so Mm -hmm. it's really natural for me to come across something and think, I want to save this in case I need it for later. That's just an instinct I have, but it was really overwhelming me. And so, you know, bringing that to light with you and then talking about with someone else that was outside of my own head, what to do about that really helped me find a way to check in with myself and make a meaningful decision when I come across something I want to save rather than just stuffing it all in these random places or saving all these things and never being able to find them when I need them.
0: Yes. And I want to take a moment and point out that you are definitely not alone in that. Um, So many of the women that I've worked with have said, you know, I just find myself like constantly comparing myself to people on social media or I'm like always scrolling Facebook and I look at these Facebook ads talking about passive income and it just seems so like bright and shiny and that it makes my head go in 15 different directions. And I have so many business ideas and I'm not sure which one to focus on. And I think we live in an age where there's just this, there's just so much information, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways that you can consume it. <laughs> There's so many different forms of social media and different like articles and we ha- we live in this age where like digital, printed, like no matter what, you can pretty much find what you need. But the thing is a lot of us aren't intentionally looking for it. We're just taking whatever pops up in our feed mm. and that's what we're using as kind of like this mind bubblegum, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And I think that's where it comes from is just, it's so pervasive and it's so available and that can just be
1: really overwhelming. Absolutely. And it it can become a distraction technique or a um, procrastination or a, you know, silencing of your thoughts or feelings technique instead of really bringing intention to the table and saying, you know, we do have all these amazing resources. It is available all the time. How can I best use this?
0: Totally. So how did you decide to become more intentional about the information you were consuming?
1: So you helped me immensely with this because I was just, (laughs) you know, I was stuck. If I could have thought of a better way to do it, it's, you know, maybe it would have been hard to carry out, but I certainly would have done it. (laughs) Um, But so you suggested that I have a set of clarifying questions that I ask whenever I felt that urge to save something. So instead of just mindlessly forwarding it to myself by email and then having to deal with it later, you know, making the decision in the moment of, you know, the questions you suggested I ask were, why am I interested in this? Do I need to save it or just enjoy it and move on? And then where's the best place to put it? And I think we came up with those questions together to give myself a little credit there, but the idea of having the idea of having clarifying questions was both so simple and such a big change for me. Um, and then we discussed places to put each different type of information which I don't think we need to get into but you know just having an answer already again being intentional about what you know is going to trip you up or being intentional about an area that you know is tough for you and then taking away the need to make um huge decisions in the moment and instead already having decided i will make a decision in the moment but it only i only have this finite number of answers to the decision making process there are only a few places i could put this there are only a few choices here instead of An infinite number of choices.
0: Totally. It kind of reminds me. um, I mean, we've been doing a lot of renovation and housework. So, a lot of um, the things I've been doing on weekends is just finding new places for things because as we renovate bathrooms, now we have room for, you know, baskets and storage and things like that. And I think at the beginning of the process, it can seem really overwhelming like, okay, I have like all of this stuff that came out of the bathroom and now I need to figure out where to put it. But once those things have a place and there's kind of an order to it and a rhythm, like cleaning up isn't necessarily as hard, right? When, th- when you know where things go and there's always a, already a system and a process, just putting things back isn't hard. But that initial like, okay, what do I do with all of this can be super overwhelming. Does
1: that make sense? Oh, yes, Absolutely a hundred percent. Having just moved recently, (laughs) I (laughs) can say that's a very similar process, but yes, having already made the decision then makes the act of putting something away a lot smaller. Oh, this thing isn't where it's supposed to be. Or, Oh, I have this thing to say, well, I already know where it goes. I just have to do it. And that takes a lot less mental energy than making a big decision. Every time you confront something that you know, like you said, I have all this stuff to put away. What if you didn't ever choose a spot for it? And every time you encountered something, you thought, okay, well now I have to decide where to put this. And it's different every time. And then you can't find it. And then it's, you know, There's a lot of parallels. It piles up. (laughs) It piles up quickly. (laughs)
0: Totally. So I think that's part of what we're talking about here is just, you know, being intentional about the way that those things are quote unquote piling up from a content perspective and just taking a closer look at them and figuring out, okay, is this something that I need now? Is it something that I'll use in the future? Or is this just like simply something that can like go right over my head, right? Because that's an option too. We don't have to consume everything every single thing that's put in front of us.
1: Exactly. And another process that I use um, for clearing out the things that are a little bit less specific. So I think our minds get really full of all these things that we take in. Um, Even if we are being pretty mindful, there's still stuff in our minds and we don't stop every time we look at or read something and write down a note or an action step. That is our kind of closing up of that thing. We don't look at every Instagram post and go, okay, well, I've read this here's what I'm going to do with it. Um, I'm going to make this action step or I'm going to decide that I don't need to think about this anymore. I mean, possibly that's ideal, but we don't do that. You know, we scroll and we (laughs) walk through the grocery store and we see labels and advertisements and we read a magazine, you know, all of these things collect in our minds. Um, and so another practice that I use and have used for a little while is something I call intentional writing. And so it's not quite journaling. Um, I think journaling is a form of intentional writing, but it's really Mm -hmm. about putting pen to paper um, because then you can only really do or think about or talk about one thing at a time when you're writing. Um, And it's about slowing down so that you respond to all that's happening in your head or all that you've taken in or all that's going on in your life or the emotions you're feeling, whatever it is, instead of just reacting instinctively and often kind of just unthinkingly might be a better word. Um, and so, intentional writing can be bullet points. It can be mind maps. It can be your typical sort of long form writing, but the point is to really stop and just write down what's in your mind You to just stop and say, I've got all these things in here. I'm just going to write them down. And then I'm going to look back over them and either say, okay, well, I got it out. I don't need to do anything else with this or, Oh, there's a lot of information here. You know, there are three things that I've really been thinking about doing that I really do want to do I'm going to now take five minutes and make some action steps for the action steps for those and then move forward. And my mind is more clear and there's more space um, for me to think about and do other things
0: and that kind of clarity and space can be such a game changer. I know I'm one of those people that will, I mean, I have notebooks and notebooks and notebooks and writing is one of the ways that I process things, but I can count on one hand the amount of times I've actually gone back and looked through those notebooks. <laughs> so, I, I for me it's very much a tool that I can use to look at the thoughts that are in my head and kind of Get them out and feel that mental clarity. But if I don't remember what I wrote, like I don't get hung up on it. I just move right along, right? Because if it wasn't like, if it didn't stick, if it wasn't important enough to be like, okay, that needs to end up somewhere important or I'm going to take action on that thought, then I just let it go. And I think that's perfectly okay too. We don't have to put this, this like overwhelming importance on some of these thoughts that were just simply meant to, you know, flow through us.
1: Oh, yes, exactly.
0: When Erica and I started working together, she was feeling completely overwhelmed. In her own words, I wasn't sure why. I just knew the way I was feeling was unsustainable, and it was time to ask for help. Amanda helped me to see that I was trying to do too much all at one time, feeling like every idea for change that popped into my head needed to be acted on immediately. My day-to-day life, staying at home with my almost two-year-old while also trying to run a business was often stressful instead of joyful. Maybe you can relate. If you're listening to this episode and are looking for strategic, personalized mindset coaching that will completely transform the way you show up daily in your life and business, go ahead and sign up for my free Simplifying Success coaching call. Together, we'll look at the challenges you're facing and identify the one mindset shift that will make the biggest difference in your life and business so you can stop spinning your wheels and start seeing more of the results you want. Head over to amandadenley.com slash free call to book. I only do three of these each week, so get over there and book yours today.
1: You know, we were talking a little bit about proactive and reactive um, practices, and I think intentional writing can be both. So it can be something you decide, I'm going to do this every day for a few minutes just as a, you know... Regular mind clearing practice. And that's probably going to be something I don't really need to look back on. But then, if you're feeling a really strong emotion or you get a really good idea or you're feeling comparison or your mind just feels full of, you know, you've come back from vacation and there are too many things to do and you're feeling Mm -hmm. overwhelmed, then it can kind of be a reactive process or a response process where you say, okay, well, I'm going to sit down for a few minutes and just write all these things that are in my head and get them out. And then I am going to look at it to either organize my to-do list for the week from all these things that, you know, I had these big ideas on vacation, but I also have to make sure we get groceries. Um, Or maybe you really are making a decision and you just need to write down all the different um, factors or nuances of that decision and then go back and say, okay, now what do I want to do? So it can really be this sort of, you know, clearing tool, or it can be a real um, examining tool and both are fine. And both are just about what you need and when you need it.
0: Totally. That makes so much sense to me. So can you tell me, is there anywhere else that this kind of intentional pause has shown up in your life?
1: Yes. Um, One of the biggest ways it has showed up recently for me, I think is partly a product of doing the other two. So I think when you, when you make time for quiet, when you make that an intentional part of your day, and then you commit to really making these meaningful decisions rather than living by default and you're paying attention looking for those opportunities and then also carrying them out and building that kind of self-trust. Um, the third piece I really think about is inviting space into the ordinary moments of our days. And I might argue this is the hardest because it requires that we pay attention in the moment to when our mind and our body need a break. And then we honor that. And that is just really hard for some of us to do. You know, like I said, Mm -hmm. we're always kind of pushing and going, and there's always something else we could or should be doing. Depending on how you want to look at it. Especially. (laughs) Oh gosh, yes. (laughs) All the things, all the time. So, you know, I think that skill of paying attention and being present enough with yourself and what's going on and being able to then honor that is something that has been probably hardest for me to develop. And I worked with a really amazing emotional wellness coach last year, Barbara Aroshina. And she really helped me develop that in the moment I need blank and then giving it to myself. And she, she often uses the example. It might be a glass of water. It might be a nap. It might be something really small, you know, and, and the example here would be really, you need a, a break. You need, just need a minute of, of quiet. You need an intentional pause. I mean, it might be a glass of water or a nap, but it also might just be a few minutes of silence after ending or even beginning something that takes a lot of energy or mental work. Before we started recording this, I laid down in my bed for five minutes, I set a timer And I have a little eye pillow that blocks out a light, which is super helpful. And I just sat there and I didn't, you know, I wasn't meditating per se. I was just intentionally doing nothing for five minutes before I hopped on this call with you so that I would be fully present. And I had that pause in between what I was doing before and what I was doing now, instead of coming in kind of rushed, maybe still thinking about the thing I was just working on, you know, maybe a little bit distracted, maybe not having really gathered my thoughts And it makes a big difference. It's again, five minutes, but knowing that you need that, recognizing that you need that is a skill that you can develop over time.
0: And I think that permission piece is huge too, that you touched on there is that a lot of us, I mean... It's one thing to recognize that you need that pause. And it's a completely different thing to honor it and follow through with it.
1: So I think part of
0: that, (laughs) I think part of that is just giving yourself the permission to not have to decide right now or not have to push through it or not have to do the next thing. Because like I said, as entrepreneurs, like your list really doesn't end, right? Like there's always one more thing you could be doing. There's all, if it's not client work, it's promoting yourself. If it's not promoting yourself, it's looking for, you know, events to go to, whatever it is, I think those things can pile up. And this is kind of the, the, um, the mental clarity piece of the puzzle, right? Is really just honoring the fact that sometimes you need a break and that that is actually a strength. Taking that break is a strength rather than a weakness because it's what helps you to kind of refuel, to refill your cup, to make sure that you can still show up and be the person that you want to be for your clients, for your family, for your friends, for whoever you encounter that way that day. And in a certain way, it's the most important work you can do is to to take care of yourself and give yourself permission for that break.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. It really, it makes such a difference for me on the days when I'm able to you know, take that intentional time for myself in the morning and then, you know, follow through with the commitments I've made myself to myself to make intentional decisions throughout the day. So when I really follow the systems, I ask myself the questions, I put the information where I want to put it. You know, I do intentional writing if I need to, you know, that, that has made such a huge impact in how I feel in a day to day on a day to day basis. I feel more space. I feel less stressed and hurried. I just, I feel better mentally. Um, and you know, there are other things in my life contributing to that, of course, but that is a huge piece of it. Um, and my word for this year, I know some people choose a word for the year and I'm one of those people. My word for this year is spacious or spaciousness or space, depending on the context. And it really, um, it's because I'm already feeling it and I want more of it. I want to feel that way more often. And I can see that I do better work and I show up better when I actually do these things that, you know, are counterintuitive seeming in a way that, you know, slowing down feels like it would slow you down but it really doesn't.
0: Yeah, and I think I mean some of us some of the audience listening to this, uh, you know, identify more with creative than entrepreneur and I think especially when you look at the creative process You need that space, right? You can't, if you're go, 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 and you're so caught up in the minute details and kind of just like pumping things out, it's really hard to be creative. And it's, you kind of feel this pressure that, this kind of pressure to kind of produce, I guess. And when you open yourself up and you really give yourself the space you need to let your mind wander or just explore different ideas or you know, give yourself a half hour to just be bored. It's amazing what can come up for you. So I think when we, when we remember that the results we want are actually tied to this kind of intentional pause, it's a lot easier to convince ourselves like, no, this is what I need. I'm going to give myself permission to follow through on it.
1: Mm, I love what you said about the results being tied to doing these things that often feel counterproductive or counterintuitive. I love that.
0: Yeah, totally. So Erica, if people love what they heard from you today, where can they
1: find you? You can find me on Instagram, which is my favorite at Erica T Midkiff. um, That's for my middle name. And then you can find me at Erica com without the T in the middle. Perfect.
0: Um, And did you mention, were you putting together a guide for the audience listening to this episode?
1: Yes, I am. This is one of my very favorite things to do is pull together ideas into something that I can then offer to others as something that will hopefully be useful for them. Um, so I've created a free guide to help you do two things. One is identify areas where you're already honoring that intentional pause. So you don't feel like you're starting from scratch or like you're doing everything wrong because you're not, you are already undoubtedly doing something that is really helpful to you and you just don't quite realize it. And I think that's a big mindset shift. It's just recognizing what you're already doing, right? So we'll start there. And then the second part of it is really about identifying one intentional pause. You'd like to try not seven, not 27, but one, and then setting up an experiment. So you can see what works best for you. You know, when we say I'm going to meditate in the morning, the implied end of that sentence is forever and ever. <laughs>
0: right? Seriously. (laughs) And it's such Uh. a
1: limiting practice that we do to ourselves all the time. I catch myself doing this all the time. And so if you say, I'm going to meditate every morning for five minutes for one week, and then I'm going to check in and see how I like it. Then you already, you know, it's, it's this finite number of things that you have to do. And, you know, if you don't get it done, then you can try again the next week, but you already have this built in reflection time and you can really try and see, okay, does this work for me? If not, what might work for me? Does the time of day work but the practice doesn't? Maybe I need 5 minutes of stretching instead. Or, you know, would this really be better at the end of the day because, you know, by then is when my mind is really full and in the morning I feel really calm and I feel good about getting up and it actually is more supportive for me to kind of jump out of bed and get going. You know, you can play around with all the different factors instead of calling meditation itself a complete failure and never touching it again because you didn't do it forever which wasn't really the point in the first place. (laughs) So the guy will help you do both. Just identify where you are, what you're doing well, and then identify something you want to try and carry that out and come back and say, okay, what do I want to try next? Sorry. I realized I didn't say where to find it. So you can find that at ericamidkiff.com slash one simple shift.
0: Perfect. Okay. You guys heard it. Go over there download the guide. I'm sure it's going to be a huge game changer for how you include an intentional pause in your life and business. Erica, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Amanda, thank you so much. This was so wonderful to talk to you both about the work that we did in future you and also just about all these ideas and things that I'm really passionate about. So thank you so much for having me.
0: And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. Erica helps creatives cultivate a more intimate relationship with themselves and their work so they can show up exactly who... (sighs) Sorry, Erica. (laughs) Totally fine.